Hi, I'm Claire Fallon. And I'm Emma Gray. Welcome to Earwolf Presents. Each week you get a special episode from the Earwolf universe of podcasts. Today you're going to get a taste of our show, Love to See It, a funny and feminist recap show where we go deep into the weird world of one of the longest-running reality dating franchises, The Bachelor. Yeah, this week you're going to hear a recap of episode one from the new season of The Bachelorette. In this episode, the new Bachelorette, Michelle Young, a lovable teacher from Minnesota, meets her 30, uh, I'm going to say, interesting suitors. That's one way to describe them. You can hear more of our show in any podcast app. Okay, here's the episode. Enjoy. Just watch me love myself That's all I want Got what I want That's all I want I'm not sorry I'm Claire Fallon And I'm Emma Gray And this is Love to See It, an obsessively detailed recap podcast about The Bachelor and other pop culture that makes us laugh, cry, and curse the patriarchy. We can't live with these shows, and we can't live without them. But we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. Welcome to Love to See It, a show about the American education system and specifically the value of extracurricular activities and athletics to early childhood development. Yeah, it's about being a hot teacher and class being in session. It's about basketball and a shot at love. Specifically, of course, Michelle Young's shot at love because it's the 18th season of The Bachelorette and it's the premiere episode. We're going to be talking about Michelle's intro package. We're going to be meeting all of her men as they exit the limo. And of course, we are going to have the very first scandal of the entire season. I can't wait. Oh, so much to dig into. And luckily, we have a seasoned expert here with us today to help us ring in Michelle's season, BFF of the pod, who we have missed so dearly, actor Allison Williams. Hello. I'm so thrilled to be here. I mean, just feels like home. We're so happy you're back. <laughs> I, I feel very at home right now. I feel comfortable. I feel ready to just sink into Michelle's beautiful bed of 30 men. Um, that's a weird sounding metaphor, but let's go I, with I it. I was like really getting some very specific visuals when you said <laughs> that. It's great. But let's just, let's dive in here. Let's start. <laughs> let's start recapping specifically with Michelle, we get a little glimpse of her normal life as a very good teacher in an elementary school. With four students. <laughs> Just your standard class size. Your uh, standard public fifth school. grade class. Four very charming and telegenic students. <laughs> Did you, I almost rewound the math that she was teaching at the beginning of the episode to be like, I should know this and I don't. And then I had this moment of such bliss where I realized that I don't, have to know that. And yeah. I engineered a life for myself where I didn't have to know <laughs> what it was that she was talking about. I did once. I don't anymore. 
Yeah. You know, in like actual fifth grade textbooks where there will be the little, you know, sidebar that's like math in everyday life. And it's someone who grew up to be a baker. And they're like, wow, I'm so glad I know about fractions now because I use them all the time in my bakery. Just to illustrate that even if you don't think you'll be a mathematician, you'll still use math in everyday life. Um, I didn't listen to those and I'm doing fine. Don't learn math, kids. It's a waste. It's a waste of <laughs> Unless time. your teacher is Michelle, in which case you won't be able to help it because she's so she's good. so good, um, beautiful, charming. About to date thirty men, and her students are absolutely scandalized by this, which I loved. One of them was like, "I mean, it, that seems like a lot." <laughs> At that age, when you find out your teacher has a significant other, it's a scandal. You're like, oh yeah. Oh my God, you, first of all, you leave this building ever. <laughs> Second of all, you have feelings and a life unto yourself that it has nothing to do with us, your students. Um, it's always a revelation when your teacher reveals themselves to have things going on. And I went to Catholic school. So not only was it a scandal to me, a child, if I found out my teacher was dating, it was like a little bit not... It wasn't particularly smiled upon by the It was a scandal in the either. eyes of God. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, I hope that you are having a very chaste courtship. Uh, certainly not making out with 30 guys on TV. Um, but, you know, for Michelle, her students seem supportive, if a bit squicked out. They're like, go on, find your love, Miss Young. And with that, Michelle introduces herself while dribbling the ball and driving for a layup. She is our basketball queen. She is our bachelorette. All of the things that we look for in a woman. She is so beautiful that I found myself getting distracted while she was talking and imagining myself as a fifth grader trying to focus on what she's saying. (laughs) I was like, that would not go well. I would fail every class that she taught because I'd just be spaced out looking at her face. Yeah, I was just like, Michelle, drop the skincare routine. The people need to know. I think a lot of it's genetics, unfortunately for me, but still, she's just radiant. Fortunately for me, I never had any radiantly stunning teachers growing up. Just like, you know, that would have been too much for me as well. We do meet Michelle's family. Uh, We see some beautiful childhood photos of all of them together. And she says that she didn't date until senior year of high school. And dating has never been easy. I always enjoy when a bachelor or bachelorette says something like this. Or like, oh, dating's always been so hard for me. And they're like 21 years old. And you're like, I didn't really start dating until I was older than you are now. Like, what are you talking about? This was Serena's big thing on in Paradise. She was like, <laughs> never in my whole life, in all my years of dating. She's like, since my last very serious relationship that ended like one year ago and that began when I was 19. Okay, yeah, exactly. yeah. I didn't even really know you could date in high school. Like, apparently everyone else was doing it. Um, but she has also the difficulty of having a really high bar because her mom and dad have a beautiful, powerful relationship um, that she has always wanted to have for herself. They're adorable, and I just have a real soft spot for that, like, sweet little Minnesotan accent. (laughs) My dad's whole side of the family is from Minneapolis, and so I was really, like, felt like I was watching one of my aunts talk when when it was her mom, and that was just really heartwarming. Yeah, her mom is 
really helpful. She's like, yeah, just find someone exactly like your dad, the kindest and most wonderful person in the entire world who is my everything. I was like, God, I guess I guess I do see why Michelle is single. Like that is intimidating. (laughs) It's such a high bar. And also they're just like glowing, looking at each other. And I'm just like, this is truly great. It's fantastic. It's also quite a standard to have to try to meet yeah, when seems you're difficult. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and when you're going into it this way, it's a little bit like, just get ready. But Michelle is ready. She's like out here dancing on a bridge. They made driving. that poor girl with just like a PA in a bush and a drone <laughs> that no one could see in the sky run down a public bridge and do a twirl and scream. I was like, you are a good sport. Look, she's putting in the labor. She's the bachelorette. She knows what comes along with it. And she's like, I put on a gown. I shoot hoops into diamonds. Yes, but there was something about that particular mission they sent her on because the camera was so far that it just must have looked absolutely <laughs> batshit because there was no one near her. Usually know, if feel, you walk by that. I feel like the, that, TikTok, the TikTok generation is like inured to the embarrassment of this. Very possible. But the TikTok generation, would they ever do something that corny? You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, the TikTok generation is always filming music videos on their phones on the sidewalk while I'm trying to just go to the park. But they're not running down a bridge and doing a twirl and going, I'm the bachelorette, you know? In, like, a side part. That's true, if you will. (laughs) A side part of all things. Yeah, no side parts, of course. (laughs) Um, we We have to talk to Michelle about the fact that she is exposing herself as older than 23 on national television. Um, we see her driving a red convertible through a wind farm. Um, and arriving at a resort in Indian Wells, California. There was some sort of music playing all through this one. I don't know what it was, guys. I think it was the music. The vibe of this whole intro bit felt very different to me than usual. Um, The music, I think, was different from their usual type of selection. It was very, like, synthy and, like, light like hold music almost like the kind of hold music where you're like wow this is cheerful for hold music or like a the soundtrack of like a montage and a low budget netflix show like it just didn't sound like abc's the bachelorette music to me i just like i was like i'm not getting the bachelorette like ambiance from maybe they've had to uncouple it from chris harrison's voice like Mm -hmm. i didn't notice the music but it's possible that they've had to like kind of redo the score I also feel like they were trying to let the audience know, like, we're back, baby. This season is fun. Like, Hades might have been kind of a traumatizing slog by the end. We spent money on this season. Yeah, exactly. We spent money. Look at her gown. Look at the diamonds just (laughs) falling from this basketball net. Like, this is a good time. Um, and I feel like the the music was like an attempt. I feel to like set it that was mood, like, if if the not music, a successful one. The music was a misfire <laughs> to me. I usually don't even really notice the music, and I was right, like, this I think music you're not sounds supposed cheap. To. Was my feel. I was like, this sounds like sound library like music that you would just you know like like hire an orchestra for Michelle. You know what I mean? Cut to you. Your next interview is with the orchestra that has been. <laughs> weeks recording the score for this episode. I am so sorry. making a public apology to the creators of the beautiful new soundtrack of The Bachelorette. Um, And 
Michelle has arrived at the resort where this will all be happening. She's ready. And I think we have a little clip of Michelle expressing her mindset as she heads in. Tonight is a huge night. It's game time. Warm-ups are over. You're lacing up your shoes one last time, and you're about to step out onto the court. But this court is covered in roses, and I'm going to be wearing stilettos instead of sneakers. <laughs> it's not subtle. Wow. wow. I have to say, as I'm listening, each time I listen to it, I'm like, did they write that for Michelle? And she was like, really? And they were like, no, you have to say it. <laughs> Of course they wrote that for Michelle. There is no other option. She's not just, like, spontaneously producing these. (laughs) She's like, you know what I thought would be fun? You know how I play basketball? (laughs) Stay with me. (laughs) Let's go with that. I'm not sure the people realize yet. But we move right from this little clearly rehearsed and scripted speech into the court is covered in roses. That's how We're I would covered describe in roses. the bachelorette. It's like a basketball game, except that there are roses just everywhere, all over the ground. Um, yes, yeah, so we start meeting some of the pa- some of the men in their sort of intro packages that we get for for a select few. First, we meet Chris S. He is from New Orleans and he lives in L.A. He's like. I'm a California Cajun man. And then he spikes the volleyball. And I feel like that really sums up Chris. Like, he thinks he's really fun and funny. Sure does. And that's, like, his personality. And, you know, he's brave. He's not afraid for us to know that he grooms his eyebrows. (laughs) The new masculinity. He's like, I'm so masculine. Yep, and he's goofy because he wears floaties in the ocean. And that's how you know. (laughs) If you have ever wondered, how can I tell if someone's goofy? It's if they wear floaties in the ocean. Yeah, he's like, look, I look like the human equivalent of a Ken doll, but I wear floaties. So yeah. I have personality. I look like I can swim, but I can't. And that's fun. I think that's pretty, I think that's pretty goofy of me. My favorite thing that he said, and I'm sure we have the same one, is that she wears her heart on her shoulder. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The very traditional saying, everyone... <laughs> You know, sometimes you just go out and your heart is just exposed sitting on your shoulder like a little parrot. (laughs) I died. I absolutely died when he said that. He's like, most people, it's like most people wear their hearts on their sleeves. But that's, that's That's too normal for Michelle. She's, she's different. She's special. She perches on her shoulder. It's more, I perch my heart. 80s, 90s, the fashion that's coming back. It's a shoulder pad, but it's a heart. Um, It was when you guys were doing the character bios, the guy bios, and you were talking about the vulnerability thing. I was laughing so hard because the idea of just wanting a very vulnerable person and then cut to Chris being like, she wears her heart on her shoulder. And I was like, well, that's vulnerable. If your heart is just on your shoulder. He's like, I love that I could just reach out and grab it, you know? (laughs) Um, next up, we, we see Joe, the real estate developer. Um, he basically, I guess, it seems like he does sort of house flipping. Like, we see him, like, really in there sanding cabinets and stuff that they do on HGTV. And he and Michelle, he's the one who's, like, the same as Michelle. They graduated the same year. They both played basketball really competitively. They're both from Minnesota. 
Um, and he he's like, I think her smile is top notch. That's good. Gotta like her smile. Smiles are good, Claire. Okay. <laughs> I was distracted the whole time by how he was doing the selfie videos because it makes your arm look so long. We just got like the full gaze down his arm throughout. Um, I know Joe's arm better than any other part of Joe at this point. <laughs> Clayton grew up in Missouri with two brothers, which he describes as being like a mini fraternity, which I love because that is what <laughs> fraternity literally means. that is what it means. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you could almost say that a fraternity is like a it's big true. version of having two brothers. <laughs> a brotherhood. He also played football, um, so they both played college sports, which means they're the same, probably. And major theme here: these men are like my defining characteristic is I played a sport, and I know a teacher. The teacher's probably my mom, and <laughs> I like my always. mom. Yeah. yeah. Can we talk about this though? Because I was f- <laughs> I was flashing back to college when I had a lot of friends who were athletes who, as I was reflecting on it, were almost entirely in relationships with other athletes. I really do think it's like a very specific version of college. And we are now watching the post-grad version of that dating pool. And it's like, did you have to get, you know, did you have to stay sober for a whole season <laughs> during college? Did you? They just have these like weird experiences in common. And I realized that I was going to have to put myself back in that ecosystem to remember why it is so relevant (laughs) that all of these people did the same extracurricular. It is so funny. The way they talk about it is as if it's like there are two kinds of people, the kind of people who play college sports and the other kind. But it is sort of true. Like, the lifestyle is so different. Like, you're up early at practice. Like, I mean, they're all, like, basically working an unpaid, like, intense job the whole time it, it is very different and so you know as as much as I mock it it's they're probably right to a certain extent and it would I just think, be funny if someone was like I was a college English major and so I feel like I can relate <laughs> to I would really love that <laughs> I mean we all like to stick to our to our own you know like we all want to you know marry other journalists for example or other english majors or other people who did drama club you know what could be better than two people who did drama club trying to run a household together what could be less annoying than two people <laughs> yeah. who did drama club what children could be luckier than the children of such a union <laughs> um, but it's the the teacher thing is hysterical it comes up again and again it, it truly is like all these guys are like i've always wanted to marry my mom except my mom didn't play college sports. So, like, if I could just, like... Marry these two things, then I can literally marry that. the final product. Yeah. That. Um, Brandon J. describes himself as a fun guy who's into snowboarding, football, and basketball. He describes this as doing it all. It's like, I do it all. <laughs> snowboarding, football, basketball... What else is there? Oh, things you want to That's, it. That's all I could think You're of. Like maybe there's baseball, but I don't know. Does that that doesn't even fit in? Snowboarding, football, basketball. You got the whole year covered. You're done. Yeah, that's baseball isn't part of it. I'm sorry. That's exactly. But now he's ready to start a family. His parents worked his whole childhood. He had to raise his brother, so he's ready to get right back into it. Uh, Nate is from Winnipeg. 
and lives in Austin. And he is very tall. And his dog is very cute. His dog is very, very cute. He is very, very cute. He and he's six, very, very tall. Yeah. Eight. Six, eight. You know, the question, is he hot or is he just tall? Um, no, he's really. He's both. He's both. He's both. That's, that's a potent combo right there. His mom is a teacher, so he wants to also marry a teacher because he knows that teachers can have conversations. And, you know, normally you're just out there interacting with women. Can they have a conversation only if they're a teacher? So, you know, you've got to keep an eye out for that. It's tough. Especially non-superficial conversations. Mm -hmm. It's true. Most of us are having superficial conversations, but teachers never are. That is their trait. Chris G. is from Halifax. He's a speaker with a nonprofit. It actually sort of sounds like he gives, like, motive, like so, sort of talks to kids of the sort that maybe you would have at, like, an all-school Either assembly in schools. or something. That's what I was thinking. I was <laughs> yeah. picturing oh, an assembly. Yes. Also, this is the man that wants a vulnerable woman. Oh, well, no. this man <laughs> is going to have to become vulnerable by talking the way he naturally talks occasionally because his voice has some kind of, like, a performance thing going on. That made me very uncomfortable. Many oh, it's times. like a spoken word cadence, yes. but all Oof. the time. It's it's interesting. He is from Halifax, and I was like, "Is that a Halifax thing that they sound like no. they're doing spoken word all the time?" Okay, no. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's interrupted by Tasha and Caitlin, who are snooping on Michelle's behalf. So they snoop on a couple guys, who are all like extremely neat like they all have insanely well-organized hotel rooms that is not what they would have found if they had stopped by my hotel room i know i was really thinking in shame about how messy i am when i go to a hotel i'm like ah, this isn't my space i'll be packing all of this up again like let me distribute it far and wide (laughs) yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) like a backpack in one corner my half my clothes in the other can we talk about this though like to me, very clearly, it's in terms of them going into the different rooms, I believe what happened is, like, earlier in the day, Ryan had, like, pulled out his binder with his, like, travel info or something. Once someone peeped a bunch of papers, and they were like, okay, we need to con- contrive a scenario where you go to just some random rooms that are going to be in the intro packages for the show, and then you're going to go to the only room that actually oh, matters. Oh, yeah. Right? A producer had to have seen this Ryan packet. I mean, it was very clearly labeled. little drawing. So <laughs> it was... Sorry, um, I'm getting ahead. I just yeah, like, you know. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Barely. They stop in on a couple guys and then we meet Ryan on a tractor. Ryan was born on the family ranch where he now works. The Raisin Ranch. The Raisin Ranch. Oh, wait, ranch. but I made us skip Spencer, the financial crimes analyst. Oh, yeah. Well, we see him Sorry. for a very brief moment. Um, Because they meet Spencer, and then they basically are like, let us look at your room. Like, we don't get to see much of Spencer. And he's like, he's cute, but we don't really really glean much other than the fact that he is a financial crimes analyst, and he wants to make the world a better place. So that's nice. He likes inspiring the youth and the next generation, as opposed to the Unlike so many of us (laughs) that hate doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, fuck the kids, you know? (laughs) I would love to see a guy come in with that strategy and just be like, I think that my charisma is strong enough that Michelle will overlook the fact that I am like, fuck them kids. Um, (laughs) Ryan is our raisin prince. And he 
We see him working the land on his family raisin farm. We see him in tight-fitting jeans and a pristine button-down and perfectly groomed facial hair, just, like, working that land, looking, I'm going to say, like, the most groomed working farmer I have seen outside of the Hallmark Channel. It's it's a very put-together look. But he's like, I have this great work ethic because of my farming. I can plow a field, if you know what I mean. Never, never heard that joke before. He makes a reference to a, a lunch pail, <laughs> which honestly made me believe that this is really his life <laughs> because lunch pail is a phrase that was retired about 70 years ago. It actually gave me like such a, and it, because I, I say this not thinking it's, I'm sure he's like a work, a working farmer. Like, why would I doubt that? But it did smack a little bit of cosplay to me. It's like, I put on my jeans and my work boots and I get my lunch pail and like, I go out to my tractor. Like, I just want to see the actual farmers on the other side of the tractor. Like, no, 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 no. To the left. To the left. Like, oh my God. Ruining this. It's a whole year of crops. (laughs) Sorry, raisins. Raisins. Um, Ryan is, is the person whose room is clearly the target of this little Tatian Caitlin investigation. They fully just go through his suitcase. (laughs) They're like, oh, what could we be looking for? We must probably rifle underneath all of his clothes and take his suitcase apart. Ah, what is this? A folder. No, so it's basically a dossier. Like, all of these papers and spiral-bound notebooks full of strategy materials, um... He has lists. One thing I took note of and kind of read through was a list of people who did well on the show to emulate, like Jason Tardick and Mike Johnson, Blake Horseman. And Blake Blake Horseman. (laughs) Yeah. Only watch the Bachelorette stuff for Blake. I was like, have you heard of Stagecoach, sir? (laughs) Things can go They canceled it forever as a result of Blake Horseman. (laughs) (laughs) And that was a proportionate reaction, as far as I can tell. Check Um, the cockiness at the door. (laughs) He has lists of strategies for getting good edits, for getting attention. He has um, stuff about how to avoid a villain edit. He has, you know, suggestions of things for research, like old episodes to watch. Um, It's just, like, very in-depth. I think that, I mean, did this guy seem to you like something that is maybe normal, but the show just is using it for drama? But it's like, okay, I can understand why he'd do that. Or did this strike you as, like, very weird? It struck me, honestly, like he doesn't have a ton of EQ and has relied on these methods to help him through situations that are going to be, like, a little bit weird socially for him. I felt, I went back and forth, like, honestly, then later when he's, when she addresses it and he just can't string an honest sentence together that doesn't directly conflict with what he's just said. (laughs) Then I was like, all right, this isn't great. However, I also saw in real time why it might be a good idea for him to be prepared for things like this because he's just not good on the flies. I think it. this is also the guy who said he loves like spreadsheets and stuff in his bio. So yeah. this is real, real foreshadowing. Yeah, we saw a lot of foreshadowing there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to have more on this when when we actually see Michelle go through the material, so... This is just a teaser, just really. A teaser. But th- it's like, I let's actually, file this away I thought for, it was for a later time. I thought it was interesting that the show showed us this here. 
because they could have held the whole reveal for later. And it came so early, actually, that I was like, it's too early for me to be disappointed in this guy. Like, oh, that's interesting. I, ha- I haven't gone high up enough yet on the roller coaster to have a plunge. Um, it just is more like having like a jolt on the way up or something. It was like odd, an odd narrative choice to me. Or, or they assume they assume that there's going to be enough drama later on that they can just like throw this one out real early, which is bold, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with the gentleman's limo exits. Can you keep up? I like love it. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. And we're back. Let's get to the limo entrances. Michelle shows up for the night looking absolutely gorgeous in a gold chainmail gown with cutouts. Just only a specific few people can pull this off and she really looks amazing it's me and michelle it's just the two of us claire has that gown and i think you should wear it every day i do and i always get a lot of positive comments at daycare pickup um people (laughs) think it really suits me so you're very glamorous thank you but let's let's talk about these limo exits i actually thought that michelle was kind of bringing a very different energy than I expected at the beginning. She seemed very calm and, like, composed, not really throwing off a lot of energy. And I was like, oh, I think she might be nervous, but it's manifesting as being just very, like, even-keeled. Yeah, elegant and contained. (laughs) She's someone who has learned to do a lot of really good breath exercises. She has calmed down her heart rate before exiting the limo. Yeah. And it's funny because I feel like some of the men take note at how composed she is. And it makes them more nervous. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed that too. Um, I I think that it's a sign that she's nervous. Um, Like, Tasha and Caitlin are, like, whooping and, like, oh, look at you, you're stunning. And she's like... Just She's like, like I am prepared. I have to give a lot of speeches and be really front and center for the next like 12 hours that it will take for us to to reach morning and thus the end of the the rose ceremony. Yeah. So the first limo pulls up and we start with Nate. And Nate tells her that his name is Babatunde Olufumi Robert Nathaniel Olukoya. But his friends just call him Nate. Michelle is a head shorter than him in her stilettos. And we know Michelle is is not short. He is, I have to keep remembering how tall 6'8 is. That is so tall. 6'8 is so tall. Like, I don't know that I would be able to really have a, a conversation with Nate. Because I would have to look straight up. <laughs> like, that man is a full foot and a half taller than me. We should get like a, a life-size, like true to life-size cut out of him to put up on the wall so that whenever Michelle's having a conversation with him, we can kind of take a moment to like position ourselves. Simulate. This is what it, what it must feel like. I'm going to need that kind of aid. I think that's a good yeah, idea. Same. Um, and he says, it's better Nate than, 
than never. <laughs> Michelle loves a bad pun. Oh, yeah. Michelle loves it. Michelle's very into it. Romeo introduces himself in French and then translates, My name is Romeo, and I hope you'll be my Juliet, but I assure you our love story won't end in tragedy. I'm glad he addressed that. Yeah, but then what is it? Yeah. What is your love story? We're 12 and 14 and... (laughs) And everything Desire to be together. Oh, great. Yeah. And Michelle doesn't seem to know what to do with this either. She's sort of like, okay, that, thank you. That's nice. Um, bye. But she thinks he's hot, yeah. which is great. She does. She gives, he Rooting gets the little him. like thumbs up. She's into it. I, I do actually have trouble during these intros reading who she's actually interested in. Um, because I'll be like, Michelle is not into this. And then like three seconds later, she'll be like, we have so much chemistry. <laughs> I know, but also she could, those could be about anyone. You know what I mean? That's a great yeah. point. <laughs> it occurred to me that her thumbs up to Tasha and Caitlin could, could be have about been about other people. Mm. <laughs> yeah, maybe. These tricky, tricky producers. Can't trust anyone in this world. The crazy world of Bachelor. Jack exits in a white dinner jacket, and he says, I'm Jack Russell, like the dog. And like the dog, I'm loyal and attentive, but also playful and ready to play tug of war for your heart. I don't know what to okay. say about that. There is there is nothing to say. There's nothing, nothing to say. To say. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about Clayton. Yeah. Clayton, Clayton the world's second most interesting man. <laughs> Clayton exits. He looks just like Jesse Palmer. <laughs> he exits the limo with his arm behind his back and tells Tasha that he, of course, used to be a student. He used to get in trouble for his behavior. And in case he gets out of line, here is a yardstick. For corporal punishment. Nothing cuter than joking about corporal punishment. I was like, I don't think Michelle beats her students, but the funniest thing was Tasha and Caitlin watching from afar going, they called it a teacher stick. And then they said, he's a teacher. They can be teachers together. It's like they're playing charades. <laughs> they're like, I think we stick. actually have a clip of how the rest oh, of good. this on, on rolls. It's a ruler. It's a teacher stick. He's a teacher stick. He's a teacher. They can be teachers together. Now listen, I plan on being on my best behavior this entire time, so hopefully you don't have to use it. But this time only, I will allow one free swing. You know, I don't think I ever thought I'd be spanking a grown man's butt on national television, but here I am. (laughs) Give me your best shot. (laughs) I'm gonna be nice. It's your first day of school. I'm gonna be nice. I want you to come back to class, you know? Teacher stick. She is a good sport. She's really a good sport. I'm sorry. All I heard was teacher stick. Teacher stick is so funny. (laughs) Teacher stick is what it should be called from now on. Yeah, I love the idea that they're going to be teachers together. Like, what do teachers do when they date? They just do teaching stuff They just do teaching. They teach each other. They just rotate back and forth. It's, until they've learned everything. It's the influencer outlook where you, like, do your profession as a couple. But, like, if you're a teacher, I don't think it's quite the same as doing a couple's photo shoot for, like, a fitness brand. They can be teachers together. They can be That's teachers so together. <laughs> I really loved that moment. <laughs> Caitlin and Tasha have very delightful chemistry. The best. Anyway, he's very clearly the best contestant, and moving on. (laughs) He is is the person who is openly like, I thought that would go really differently, but she's very calm and confident, and I thought she'd be nervous, and now I'm, like, freaking out. 
Every every guy would just be reassured by a woman who's just a little bit less confident. I would say just a little. You more, mean vulnerable? Maybe a little, maybe more vulnerable <laughs> woman. He's like, I thought she would be vulnerable. <laughs> um, Instead, she's actively not in physical danger. Uh, <laughs> do over. Next, we meet Jamie, who Jamie like really has swag. He comes out and just exudes real confidence, a real positive energy, compliments Michelle's dress. He's like, that was just fabric until you brought it to life. I was like, technically that is true about all clothing, but for some (laughs) reason it feels special in this moment. And it really worked on her, I think. She was like, wow, Jamie, yes. Well, the thing that was arresting about him was that he really like was the most present of all the people, even before the wellness expert, he came out and just like took it all in and like really was just looking at her and taking, like it was a remarkable amount of just poise and lack of nerves. Very impressive. I was so impressed. Yeah, he actually does seem very confident and he knows he's got the lines. He knows that he can handle himself in the situation. He's bringing back the tan jacket. It looks better this time. Maybe we can embrace a tan jacket in 2021. She loves it. And I, I think Jamie might do well. I, I see them together. Then we get some quick entrances. Chris G exits with a sort of spoken word poem oh, that I struggle to describe um, and couldn't bring it's myself like to write down. Macklemore for kids. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Just so uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, no. We sort of speed through a bunch of other entrances after this. We meet Malik. We meet Alec. They both just sort of give her little lines. Will introduces himself in Spanish. Pardeep, the neuroscientist, says his dopamine is on fire seeing her, which I enjoyed. I, I enjoyed, however, I think that's the one part of neuroscience that we could all say. Like, I was like, say something a little, a deeper cut, yeah. perhaps. about it's it. Like we've <laughs> all heard of dopamine, yeah, exactly. okay? That's what makes it relatable. Exactly, I guess so. Yeah. A few of these guys looked like they were glamoring her, like from True Blood, like vampires that were trying to... Chris G, <laughs> the way he was looking at her, I was like, are you going to... What, are Eat you trying her? to just... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It was very strange. I think Rick is the number one offender of this, yeah. but just keep an eye out for the glamoring. Yeah, there's been some weird energy in some from some of these guys. Um, Olu is like, it's NBA draft night. I hope to be your number one pick. Okay, we get it. Pithy little lines. But Michelle's like, okay, they know some things about me, like I'm beautiful and <laughs> I play basketball. So but I'm do they know the secret thing about truly, me? truly here for me and could not be here for anyone yeah. else. I'm still waiting for a guy who has researched me more deeply in the darker corners of the internet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And knows, for example, that I might like ice cream. <laughs> yeah, who has maybe some sort of dossier tucked away. Um, <laughs> and, but here's a guy who really, really did do his homework. Maybe, you know, maybe he does have some secret info on her. A guy who's arriving in a yellow school bus in a little schoolboy outfit with shorts and a blazer and knee socks. Does he know she's a teacher? Guys, nothing is hotter than a little bit of infantilization of yourself when trying to date a woman who works with kids. What the fuck, Chris? And his game 
immediately went back to fifth grade as well. The banter that took place after this is... Yeah. So he exits in his little schoolboy outfit. She's like, poor bus safety. You can't stick your head out the window. He's like, no worries about that. Have I got an intro for you? I think we have a clip. (laughs) Of, of his little of his little intro chat. I've never been so excited to come back to school, but uh, you might have to take an exam of mine. Oh, I'll be ready. I don't mind a challenge. You might get an A. I might give you a D. See you diamond, later. Diamond, See you diamond, later. diamond, 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 diamond. Okay. What are you thinking? Dessert? You're thinking dessert? Detention, actually. Oh, you can put me in detention. <laughs> My soul is trying to crawl out of my body. I have to give it to her, though. She was fast and way smarter and funnier than he was at his own very planned and thought out intro. See you later and detention were very funny. Incredible. She was ready. She's definitely had to deal with kids who think they're even funnier than Chris for a long time. She's not going to let this this little man with his little shorts neg her. And I appreciate that. This is another um, instance where I do wonder if they clipped her reaction after the fact about someone else. Because she's like, he was pleasantly smooth. Was he, <laughs> was Michelle? He? Was he? Was she referring to his face? <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say after this... Chris says that he wanted to do something relatable to her for his intro, and he feels like he really (laughs) nailed that. And I wrote, something relatable to her, like a student coming on to her, I guess. (laughs) Like, what? She she is a teacher. Like, she's not dating her students. There's just something like, let's not go there, you know, Chris? I I don't know how sharp Chris is. I don't either, but I do have a feeling that he was put in this cast very, very purposefully (laughs) (laughs) to just be pissed. He's so ready to be angry at the other guys. It it revealed itself by the end of the episode. I was like, why is this dude here? And then I was like, oh, because Aaron can't come back. (laughs) Oh, every season needs an Aaron. Garrett exits the limo and says that his family told him to break a leg, and so he did. He broke his foot. Rough. Yeah. Um, I was like, that's not the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) The foot is part of the leg. It's the bottom part. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's attached. It's (laughs) to the leg. The the foot bone's connected to the leg bone. (laughs) Anyway, Casey Uh, is up next. Casey initiates a hand slap game. Casey Dilla. Casey Dilla, sorry. Casey Dilla initiates a slap game. And then he's like, it's not fair because your face is too distracting. I can't pay attention to the hand slap game. (laughs) Thumbs down for that one. Yeah, Yeah, big thumbs down, Casey. (laughs) No words, just a thumbs down. It's going to be hard for Casey to win me back after I've sampled his musical oeuvre, but... It can't hard. be done. It's going to be hard. Not, it's going to be impossible. <laughs> you cannot come back from that. No version of the hand slap game is going to win me back, that's for sure. Uh, Brandon K. offers her a huge Mardi Gras bead oh, God. necklace and says, it's the finest jewelry in Louisiana, you have to earn it. By showing your... And then he, like, cups his hands under his chest. 
Like, Brandon, no, this was... And he pauses for way too long. He really messed up the delivery of this. Even Caitlin He's, and Tasha were like, ooh, that dismount did not work. Yeah, <laughs> not yeah it was like, landing. he was like, okay, I got it. I've been rehearsing the setup. <laughs> to this opening line in my head, but he forgot to get to the end. And then he's like, no, 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 uh, your, your heart, your heart. And she's already like giving back the beads, being like, I'm not like, are you making joke about my breasts? Like, no, thank you. These guys, like they have to be on it because if they're going to make a joke and the joke is, it's going to sound like I'm saying something really inappropriate and sexual to you, but I'm actually not. She is way too fast to shut you down. Like she is not sitting here, like letting herself get like, offended with your stupid jokes she is knocking that shit she's ahead down of you immediately yeah the men are like she's on a delay right <laughs> <laughs> i think of women as being about 30 percent slower than men mentally of course, so this case of should course. be fine <laughs> um next is lt the yoga guru who exits in a tux jacket and shirt and a tiny speedo with a tux printed on that and uh, Michelle shouts, best tux I've seen all night. Clint Eastwood must be so proud of his grandson. Oh, my gosh. That's right. I forgot. <laughs> well, I love Tasha going, that man forgot his pants, Caitlin. <laughs> that made me laugh so hard. If you're the bachelorette, you can't be like, you forgot your pants. You have to be like, oh, great tux. Like, be so supportive. That's why I would never be a good bachelorette. I would just be like, why are you doing Put this? Put some clothes Put on, some clo- sir. Do I not deserve the respect of a pair of pants, sir? Next, I think we've all been waiting for this moment because we are talking about Rick. Uh, a table with a covered dish is wheeled over to Michelle. <laughs> she very reluctantly opens the dish. She's like, this is out of a horror movie. I don't want to pick up the lid. She knows what's going to be inside. It's going to be a head. And it is. It's Rick's head poking out of a bed of lettuce. And I think we have a little clip of what he says. My name is Rick. I want to tell you about the special tonight. The special comes from Los Angeles, California. Perfectly aged at 32 years. Sweet, with a little bit of spice. Now, I want you to enjoy your appetizers tonight. But when you're ready for your main course, come and find me. Yes. I don't know what else to say. We'll save it for later. Um, I'll. Okay. Thank you. I'll, 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 I'll see you. Okay. It's, it's nice to meet you, Rick. Nice to meet you. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Ugh. I have so many questions, but first of all, like, what was the breathing situation with your what entire was the head? Everything encased <laughs> in steel. Like, what? Yeah. Also, like, who came up with this bit? How Why did he, he agree to positioned it? Positioned under the table. I really would like, you know, some sort of, like, design sketch for this entire contraption. Like, where was his body really like his positioned? his body would have to be in what is technically called a stress position. And uh, those are used, you know, intentionally to make people very uncomfortable. Like, the way he would have to accordion his, his knees and legs up. I just don't see it being healthy for the body but here's the thing like if he had had a different personality this would have been so funny because it was like genuinely uncanny the itm of him talking and then like (laughs) later when he's inside and he's having a full like very serious conversation with one of the guys from his tabletop 
was very funny. There's just something so murdery about this That's man so, and his energy. It's okay. It's like, there's something about his wide eyes paired with his very, very, very fast intense, shadow. Yes. And like very intense eyelashes. And I'm going to say, it's just, he changes facial expressions very rapidly. Yes. Yes. It's just like uh, he's choosing from a catalog that he has. He's like flipping through expressions. Yeah. Mentally. It's like he just suddenly has a really wide smile. And I'm like, how did that happen? Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I was watching the whole time, and there was just a smile out of nowhere. Like, it's very rapid fire. That um, that struck me. I'm surprised this ends up working as well as it did. There's something about the setup that is very murdery. Like, there's nothing romantic about it. It's like, I'm serving you your lover's head on a bed of lettuce at a banquet, you know? And you can't say anything because I'm your husband. Like, that's the kind of vibe you get from a head on a plate in a covered dish. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, let's be honest. Are we all just confused because it has nothing to do with school or basketball? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Is it that we're just too simple-minded to make this leap? It was not know. grounded You're, in anything. They keep at trying all. to throw a new thing in. They're like, she's also a foodie. And I'm like, you've invested so much time in telling me that she's a teacher who loves basketball. And now I'm You're telling me to there's like, three things about her that I need to know. <laughs> she has three traits. Like, I can't, I simply can't process. <laughs> but also, he's a medical sales rep. Like, it has nothing to do with that either. Like, I just. It made no sense. This just seemed to be like the food portion of limo yeah. exits. Like, first we got Rick. Then we get Ryan in the yeah. ice cream truck. Yep. We soon after we get the pizza guy. Like they're very much like oh, yeah, she whole, likes food. A whole thing of food. So there the ice cream truck rolls up with Ryan. Did someone name Michelle order a double scoop of love? She's like, This man knows what he's doing. Someone did his homework. <laughs> Perhaps he's been on the dark web looking up what I like to eat. <laughs> ice cream? How could anyone know that? Who likes ice cream? I thought it was the only person I knew who liked ice cream. Well, there's someone out there who might have your interest in ice cream written down in a spiral-bound notebook because that's how much (laughs) they want to get to know you. Something to look forward to, really. Rodney comes out in a red apple costume, and she asks what kind of apple he is. I I hope we all have the same immediate reaction (laughs) Oh, my God. She says, what kind of apple are you? And he says, obviously Granny Smith. Like, Rodney. What? what are the odds? Genuinely, what are the odds that he would pick? I love when she pointed this out later. I know. She's like, do you know that there's one green apple? That's that would literally made. be sitting with me if I had witnessed that as well. I'm like, Rodney, just go with the red delicious. Like, you're... It, I'm so confused. Also, I love a Granny Smith apple, but I don't believe so this do man I. has ever eaten a Granny Smith apple because they're very obviously green. Yeah. Next, Peter. I don't I don't know how to process what's happening with Peter. Peter Peter <laughs> Peter opens sort of by like howling at the moon. Buongiorno, principessa. And then hurls a raw round of pizza dough into the air and lets it just splatter all over the pavement. He's wearing a sparkly jacket. Aren't you supposed to, like, catch the You're dough not- if you do that professionally? <laughs> also, Bongiorno Principessa harkens back to a pretty tragic film. Uh, like, <laughs> that I'm- was the old... I was like, is this that Holocaust <laughs> move- movie? Yes, like, what are we- <laughs> It's a beautiful life. Uh, yeah, yes, life it's a beautiful, beautiful life. It's a beautiful life. 
It would be like if someone came flying out of the limo making a Schindler's List joke. It's like, (laughs) this is just a weird vibe to bring to this kind of event. And just so much, like, raw energy coming out of him the whole time. Like, he's just, like, the DJ hyping up, uh, like, a bar bar mitzvah. And he's, like, going a little too hard. And you're, like, really stressful. Yeah, I just kept thinking, though, about what you guys said, that he is genuinely, by all the reviews, a good pizza maker. And so how much cooler he could have been if he was just, like, super humble about it and gave her a slice of unbelievably delicious pizza and then just, like, sauntered into the house. Yeah, and instead he left raw pizza dough all over the (laughs) cake and shouted a line from a Holocaust movie at her. (laughs) (laughs) What a choice. Um, But he's... But he's very confident. He's like, we're vibing. I'm in a Ferrari. My foot's on the gas. All the guys are trying to catch up with me. Whenever a guy compares himself or what's going on in his to life a to a Ferrari. Oh. And, it, and it's a frequent occurrence on this show. Frequent. Frequent. Yeah. It's like a type of guy. A type of guy who sees himself as like, he's a luxury item or his, his life is based around luxury. Next up is a very different kind of vehicle. A tiny, tiny fire truck with a... I really loved this. <laughs> with with a man on top uh, wearing a tiny toy fire helmet uh, <laughs> with a little siren on it. And he has to kind of like... Roll himself. Roll himself up on this children's toy. He says to, to uh, Michelle, I heard there's a fire, but apparently it's just a smoke show. Now, I, listen, I didn't think it was that bad. I didn't think it was that bad. I thought it was pretty funny. It's contextualized. It, it worked. Yeah, yes. I thought it worked within this context. Like a good. It was good. Unfortunately yeah. for Daniel, <laughs> next up is a real fire truck. That's rough. <laughs> That's just very rough. And and you see Daniel get the full yes. on goofy court jester background music during his entrance, and then it's like the big hot man has arrived, and he's just like helplessly watching from inside being like oh no <laughs> I think I've been made someone a fool. is like someone's like is that how you came in thinking that's why he's upset and he yeah. goes no I came in on a toy <laughs> yeah they're like wait <laughs> and what all and all the other him. men starts laughing oh my god that's so mean rough um there's nothing wrong with a toy fire truck Daniel it doesn't it doesn't emasculate you um PJ is the other firefighter he exits also in a suit so he's got like a bigger fire truck and a fancier outfit um, he's really, they've, they really worked this on the production side to make a clear contrast. And Michelle says, you know, there's another firefighter inside. He also came in a fire truck. And PJ's sort of disappointed. And she's like, you can compare. <laughs> she's like encouraging a firefighter. I love that. Jump. Next. Next. A bed is wheeled up to Michelle containing the winsome form of Brandon J reclining at his ease and inviting her into the bed with him. What, what did you guys think of this, this little move? I'm weirded out. He's another, he's another glamoring person in my mind. I feel like <laughs> that's a word that's going to keep coming up. He just looks very young. How young is yeah, he? Yeah, I don't know. I don't is get it. I think he's 26. So two whole years younger than yeah, only two years younger than her. But again, like I'm bringing my own it, old person right. biases. Everyone into should this. be old enough for us in our mid thirties to date. Exactly, it's only right. Exactly, it's, only it's the right. polite thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, no one think about our feelings. Um, 
Brandon says that he wanted to give her a preview of waking up next to him every morning for the rest of her life. And she says, well, you'd be waking up to this every morning. And she gestures at her, like, perfectly made-up face and hair. And I, I thought she was making a joke that's like, obviously, I won't always look like this in the morning. And he says, I'd be all right with that. That really killed me because it was fully the joke she was making. Yeah. He's and he's like, like, I will not be picking up on that. But, oh, yeah, you're, you're fine. This would like, work. If it's sure. episode one of Marvelous, this is Maisel, I'm into it. Yeah. <laughs> you should be fully made up by the time I wake up. Yeah, I mean, the labor of a woman, right? I, too, get fully glammed up before my husband sees me every day. Just, just to You're be just safe. awoken, awoken by the sun as it cracks into your window, but Greg is still just slumbering beautifully and you take out your rollers and... Because as, as I know... Um, a man will accept you only at your most beautiful and anything less than that cannot be witnessed. Um, I just loved the, the lack of self-awareness that he had in that moment. Next, yeah. we get just some very quick entrances. Spencer dribbling two basketballs, Brian, Jamari in a suit with tearaway arms, Edward has his, like, singing bowl and has her do some deep breathing. He's a wellness coach. God. Leroy does a Polaroid selfie with her. Martin, the uh, blonde-tipped dude. Blonde-tip guy. The way it shows up in my notes is blonde top of hair. (laughs) It really is more than the tips, right? Like, it's just the top. Yeah. There's two. There's two blonde tops of hairs in this season. Oh, my God. Wait, who's the other one? Malik. Malik. Yeah. Um, Malik and Martin. There are too many for me to keep up with still at this stage. Yeah, it's 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 the just just the top blonde, and he tries a backflip and then says, "I'm already flipping crazy about you." So just some quick entrances for these guys, and then Joe Joe comes out, gives her a hug, and she says, "You look really familiar." <laughs> He just blows right past this initial comment. He's just like, yeah, see, um, I had a line about how I'm from Minnesota. So all these other guys, you'd have to convince to move to Minnesota. But I'm already here and I can't wait to go home together. I just love how he, like, refused to acknowledge that she had clearly recognized him. Yeah. Talk about, like, being present in the moment. He is, like, the opposite. He's, like, running a track of reality. That's how he thought this would go. And Michelle is standing there, like, while he talks to her, being like, you look really familiar. Like, do we know each other? Why do I know you? Have we met? And then as he's walking away, he's like, oh, I don't know. Like, we'll see. (laughs) Like, some bullshit. Walks away. And she goes... Have I slid it to your DMs? Is your last name <laughs> Coleman? I love this. I love that she just said it. I loved that. Incredible. I know. It made me so happy. And I was like, it made me imagine a time when Michelle would have to do the sliding into the proverbial DMs of someone else. I know. And I was like, those days are over for you, honey. Yeah, she's yeah. done. You're That's- done. Yeah, I hope but so. But I love that she I love that she had <laughs> Well, that no, moment. I just mean people will be sliding into hers from now on, I think. Yeah, she'll never have to initiate again. Yeah. Well, you never have to, but then do you trust the guys who are sliding into your DMs? 
Well, if they continue to message you, <laughs> you have to stop. That's right. a good start. Not if they ghost you. Yeah. The so- thing that bugged me about this is they clearly edit. He clearly turned around and came back to talk to her for a little while, and they cut that. We yeah. don't get to see it, and that bothered me because the next thing we see is Tasha and Caitlin coming over. Yeah, it was a little weird. He turns around and is like, "Yeah," and then the next thing is Tasha and Caitlin. We're left to assume, like, what? He just, like, ran away immediately into the house and was like, okay, we've addressed that. Goodbye. He was like, oops, I've been caught. And, like, sauce. <laughs> just sprints away. So um, weird. Tasia and Caitlin, though, come up and they're like, what? What did we hear about the DMs? Tell us everything. And Michelle's like, yeah, so we DM'd briefly about basketball and then he ghosted me. So strange. So weird. I mean— In one way, I was like, this is the smartest strategy that anyone ever deploys on this show because he's already negged her. (laughs) And so in a world where like, no, for real, it reminded me like of Courtney and Ben in Ben's season when she just like wasn't sure she was into him all season Mm -hmm. and it made Ben crazy. It, It just like strategically, it's so smart because she's starting on the back foot and all these other guys are just throwing themselves at her. And instead, she's like, well, you've already proven to lose interest in me. That should and make I like me that. think. <laughs> that should make me think, why bother doing it again? Which is what we thought she was going to do all episode. But instead, it makes me want to win you back so that it's my decision whether or not. You know what I mean? Anyway. Yeah, it's interesting. Oof. They ask if she's happy to see him. And I thought she was going to say no because she seemed really put off. But then she says, yeah, kind of. And he's good looking. So, yeah, he, he obviously is. she was into him at some point before. Yeah. It's weird because I can understand DMing with someone briefly and having... then not responding anymore. Like, it doesn't seem yeah. like such a big deal to me. It does seem a little odd to then see that that person is going to be the bachelorette and to be like, I need to really go after this person now and like really make sure to date them. It's just without reaching out to her just in a simpler way. Yeah. Um, so Joe is the last guy. Um, all the other guys, all the guys are now awaiting her inside a space that I think of as sort of like industrial multi-level parking lot meets sort of wood paneled conference room, but glamorous. And she heads on in to walk down the long, long staircase in her stilettos as the men applaud (laughs) Um, I would have been like, can you all chill out and like stop applauding? In fact, stop looking at me because I need to focus on making it down these stairs in one piece. But Michelle's a pro. She makes it down. Rick's head is still on a plate. And with that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back to talk about the cocktail party. Can you keep up? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back, just in time for us to discuss Michelle giving her first toast as the Bachelorette 
It's nice. A very standard toast about being authentic, vulnerable. Did you guys notice how loud the ice was clinking in her glass during the toast? Yes. It was like the only thing I could hear. Second Bachelorette season in a row where the sound department was like, we're going to mic the glass instead of the dress. <laughs> <laughs> like what? It's so bizarre. Like half the time it feel you feel like you're not getting good audio from the actual people. But like, couldn't you take that background noise out in post? I don't understand. No. But ask her to do it again or have her hold the glass lower. It's so confusing. Or be like, here's a glass of champagne for your toast. We'll get you your cocktail With no ice. Yeah, with no ice. It's always like some sort of like mixed drink with a bunch of ice in it that she's like (laughs) holding like right here. Also get a cocktail shaker so that it's cold. The drink can, the cocktail can be cold without ice. We've got a lot of strategies. Whatever. ABC. I have thoughts. Hire us. (laughs) Jamie has... Finally arisen. He's finally gotten to his feet so that he can steal some time with her immediately. And they have a nice conversation. He says, like, I've heard from so many people that they just adore you. And I was like, who? Like, mutual friends? Like, producers? I had the same question. (laughs) Yeah, I was wondering that, too. I'm like, has he, does he just mean, like, on social media, she seems popular. Or in the last couple hours, like (laughs) he's flop sweating though at this point. So I was like, maybe that came out weird and he knows it and that made him really nervous. (laughs) Um, But they seem to have a nice time. And then Peter has taken another crack at being the foodie guy. He has set up some cannolis and red wine for her and he feeds her her first cannoli before telling her what it is. And then he just says... He's like, it's good or something. Good. And I was like, what if she has a dairy allergy or gluten? <laughs> like, <laughs> I would have hoped the producers would have stepped in before that happened. She's like, what is it? No, seriously, but what is it? I never know. Just like, <laughs> he's like, you She's will like, eat it, ma'am. <laughs> Put it in your mouth. The thing about a cannoli is, I don't know how to eat one in an elegant way because it. But just, he gave her a napkin, and I was like, this never has. This is rare on this show. That's there's something. a cleanup implement and I was very impressed a good moment for Peter uh Joe meanwhile is feeling great he's like Michelle recognize me like sky's the limit for us Michelle meanwhile has decided she needs time with him ASAP so she comes and gets him and it's not going to be an easy conversation um because while he is feeling very good that Michelle remembered him Michelle is not feeling great about how she remembered him because what she remembers, as she tells him, is that he responded to her DMs for a while and then he stopped responding without explanation. We call this ghosting. Some people call it ghosting. I think that might be a strong term for a relationship that has been exclusively over DM. But sure, you know, like, it's not that, polite. That was the, the feelings she received, it was a, seemingly. <laughs> it understandably left a very bad taste in her mouth, especially now that he is popping up wanting to date her on television. On TV. <laughs> but so what Joe says in response is that the reason that he stopped responding is that there was um, a lot going on with him specifically. You know, he also uh, is from Minnesota, and he actually had one of his real estate properties. It's on George Floyd Square. And, you know, he said there was just a lot of unrest and shootings happening, a lot of chaos. He didn't know how to deal with it or express that to her. Um, It must have been incredibly traumatic. I mean, this was just last summer. Um, For him, I mean, being a Black man, 
but also being right there in the midst of all of it and having kind of work that brought him right to that area every day. It sounds like a lot. Um, He says he didn't know how to deal with it or how to express it to her. He didn't really feel like he could get into a relationship with all this going on. And he's like, I just, you know, I wish I had handled it better, but that's what happened. And that seems honestly pretty reasonable. And I think Michelle feels torn at this because she obviously, she obviously relates to what he's saying. She says very clearly that, you know, she would have completely understood, especially because she is also a black woman, a person of color who was living in the midst of all of this happening in close physical proximity to it. And she makes it really clear that what bothers her is not that he wasn't ready for a relationship or wanted to stop chatting, but that he just stopped communicating. And she's worried that in this setting, you know, maybe he'll just kind of emotionally shut down again. And this is when he says that he recognizes that he sort of was lacking communication skills. And that's something that he has spent uh, presumably the last year working on and that he has been in therapy uh, and that he came on the show because he really is interested in her. And Michelle, again, makes it clear that she really appreciates him being open with her. She, She specifically calls out the fact that it really means a lot that he is a black man speaking really openly about going to therapy. But she's also, again, nervous about protecting her own heart. Yeah, there's clearly this, like, push and pull here of obviously everything he's saying she feels the validity of and she feels, like, the pain that that may be behind it, that must be behind it, that she is familiar with herself, but that, you know, she she can't just say, well, then forget all of my concerns because there was time in between like when things were you know initially kind of happening and you were really like overwhelmed by all of that and now a year later you being here like time has elapsed you didn't communicate with me you didn't tell me hey I need to take a break from all of this because I'm dealing with so much and so like how invested were you in getting to know me if that wasn't a choice that you could make or if I couldn't be that priority um, if you couldn't come back to me before we appear on this show together at some point during the last year and let me know what happened. That's got to be tough. You're like, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt and like accept his explanation because it, there's so much truth there. But then at the same time, like, am I, am I not taking care of myself to not notice, you know, all the ways in which he could have handled it better if he were really invested in possibly having a relationship with me. Yeah, it's like undergirding this entire conversation, which they don't explicitly say is like, well, now the setting is national television. And so what does it mean that that's when you chose to show up? Right. She says it later when she's trying to decide whether to give him a rose. She's like, is it just (laughs) that now I'm the bachelorette? Is that what what really changed? And and that's always going to be the question when someone that you know from your past pursues you on The Bachelorette. Uh, It is true. But I'm I'm glad and I understand why she ultimately chose to to keep him around, which we'll dig into later. Uh, Meanwhile, Rick is back. Oh, Rick is back. (laughs) 
Rick has decided that he cannot simply sit in the table all night and wait for Michelle to come for her entree. So he has a couple of the guys wheel him in to interrupt Spencer and have that one-on-one time with her. Um, Which basically begins with her just sitting on a couch across the room from him inside the table and talking to his head. So awkward. And... I think he stays in just long enough to convince her to feed him a strawberry because he doesn't have access to his hands. Then he's like, all right, I'm coming out. Michelle, to me, has not seemed into this gambit or, like, amused by Rick. But after he comes out of the table and they chat for a little bit, he, you know, is like, I just want to laugh through this journey with you. I want to be there for you if you're having a rough time, someone you can turn to. And she's like, you know, Rick is so charming. We have so much chemistry. He is glamoring her. He is a <laughs> he is a vampire glamoring her. I'm obsessed with this. This show is just like F Boy Island, but with vampires. For vampires. It's so honestly. Intense. Honestly, if if I was like, guys, you can't tell anyone, I I have it on good authority that Rick is a vampire, you'd be like, I believe you. <laughs> I can very much see it. But look, Rick Rick wins her over via glamoring or just her, you know, disarming her by showing his full human body. We'll, I, we may never know. Then she sits with Rodney and she thankfully points out, Rodney, a Granny Smith apple is green. I loved her for that. I was, I was swooning. Meanwhile, it's time for Ryan to take his turn to maybe sweep Michelle off her feet spontaneously or perhaps not spontaneously in some way. And I think we have a short clip of this. So my big plan, it's like, it's not planned spontaneous, but it's definitely spontaneously planned. You know, I think I'm gonna have a hankering for some ice cream. So therefore, you know, hey, boom, boom, boom. Oh, Michelle, let me steal you for a second. Finally. So you I, didn't tell me your favorite ice cream flavor. And you might never know. That's something that's like a secret. You have to get to the different layers before you figure that oh out. Oh my so goodness. Maybe I'll find yours right now if we have it. Okay. They're very tropical. Can I have a taste test? You can have a taste test. Let's okay. See. This man already gets brownie points. This is phenomenal. Phenomenal? Yeah. I feel like ice cream is kind of like the way to my heart a little bit. Okay. Ooh. First, I really need to point something out. This is not an ice cream truck. It is a water ice truck. I looked up the company, and it's called Happy Ice. Again, not ice cream. Very much says on their website, we are water ice inspired by Philadelphia. Wait, water ice? What? <laughs> water ice, like, like, a, sh- like a shaved, like like a shaved ice? ice dessert. Yeah, like Italian ice. In Is Philly, it really they call it water, water ice. ice? That's in so Philly, funny. they call it water ice. I also grew up calling it Italian ice, but in Philly, they call it water ice, and that is is the inspiration for this truck. And it's like, yeah, who would be eating sour apple ice cream? Like, it's that's not that's not an ice cream flavor. I don't know. I was just incensed that both of them were referring to this as ice cream the entire night, and like, it is in no way ice cream. <laughs> That's just an aside. All the other ice cream trucks, all the actual <laughs> ice cream trucks were very busy that weekend. And I guess so. You just, you know, there are a lot of weddings. All they could get was like 
some Italian ice and sorbet. <laughs> well, maybe big water ice paid to have <laughs> this product placement in the show to blur yeah. the lines between the genres. Um, but he tells her about his raisin farm and his Special Olympics coaching, and she is into it. She feels a spark. And this is the moment, of course, that Tasha and Caitlin have finally decided how to handle the information that they found. Now that Michelle is, like, digging this guy, they're like, all right, we got to tell what we have to do. Drop the hammer now. So they approach Michelle and tell her that while meeting the guys, they found a document with stuff about how to act around her, not be a villain. He apparently wrote that she was a teacher, so, quote, make it seem like you're super interested in that (laughs) stuff. That stuff. That stuff. And she asks who it was, and Caitlin says, Ryan. So Michelle has to go and just whisk Ryan away, looking very serious. And she tells him what Caitlin and Tasha told her, and she says she wants an explanation. And Ryan's explanation, which, to be fair, I'm sure he wasn't prepared to explain this, because you would never anticipate being found out as having a plan is never part of the plan. And so he says, well, I just needed to, I've only seen two hours of The Bachelor ever. I don't know anything about it. So I had to like prepare myself. And so my friend's wife made notes about it for me who watches the show. And I made notes because I looked up stuff about what you liked, like ice cream. Remember how I got, got you ice cream and you liked you like Michelle's ice cream? like, I'm not concerned about your ice cream notes. It's more like the other things that I've heard about. And she's like, okay, basically cut the bullshit. Like, are the notes in your room? I just need to see them. And he's like, yeah, of course. Let's have an open and honest conversation. And so they go to the room. And then he commits the biggest sin he commits in the whole episode, which is putting his dirty suitcase on his bed. On the bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, yeah. listen, in fairness to him, sure, he's very overwhelmed, you know, probably uh, yeah, normally, he's probably he's great with suitcase hygiene, but he just but hurls he that suitcase right on the coverlet. And he's like, here is my dossier. I think she was just probably floored by like the sheer volume of pages because that there was a lot to process there. That's like a full semester's worth of AP bio handouts right there it really reminded me of like during college when I was studying for finals I used to like try to condense all of my notes from the semester into like one new note stock (laughs) because it helped me like remember everything and I was like it looked like that like just many many pages of just (laughs) random information he's cramming he's cramming he really was he's cramming for the test and the test is are you there for the right reasons and he fails well, but the question is, like, how many, to your point earlier, like, how many people do this? Yeah. I think that it's probably not uncommon for people to, you know, do some research, read stuff, take some notes, get emails from their girlfriends who watch the show and know things about it. But I think it is probably unusual to create, like, a cataloged folder <laughs> that is clearly marked, and then you bring all of those notes with you and they say things like pretend to like that kind of the stuff. stuff about teaching and also list all of your worst qualities. Okay, yeah, we 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 got a clip I think actually. Michelle reads a few telling yes. snippets aloud. When 
watching The Bachelor, it is hard not to notice that these quotes are said at least every season or every episode for that matter, in honor of the girls that are left to win over Ben Higgins' hearts. Here are a few phrases that have been repeated over the years. <clears throat> Everything is, is true. I'm not trying to do anything for the right reasons. I'm here for the right reasons. I just never have seen the show enough that I've just written it down. There's advice from, from my, my couple girlfriends, but that's about it. Ryan, biggest fault is that you are overconfident, arrogant. It's a massive turnoff to people. Come off as mean and demanding. Better to just keep those thoughts to yourself and express a positive outlook to others. Yeah, I. It's unusual. Like, I probably most people don't bring notes from a friend telling them how they come off as mean and they should right. pretend not to be mean. I was a little bit thrown by the list of guys to act like. Like, you should try to be like Jason Tardick on the show. And for, That is such a funny thing to picture is <laughs> him doing a Jason Tardick impression. I mean... Mixed with Blake Horseman. <laughs> If I'm Michelle, I don't want to think that I'm marrying, you know, Jason Tardick mixed with Blake Horseman, and then it's someone else completely. Um, I mean, Allison, you are kind of gesturing at this, and I think that it's true. I don't think that this is maybe that uncommon or unheard of for people who are maybe on the spectrum and who do struggle more with, like, having the kind of social interactions that social are expected cues. by neurotypical people. And exactly. the, the idea that you, like, make lists of how to respond to certain situations that will seem, you know, appropriate to other people present, that is something I know happens. And yeah, I think, and you wouldn't know how you come off necessarily because that's not a muscle you have developed. So you need a friend to be like, you seemed arrogant and like an asshole, so ease off true. on the cockiness. Honestly, if that is the case here, then I think it's, like, pretty fucked up of the show to make exactly. a whole plotline of it. And I really, really, really hope that he's just, like, not yeah someone who is on the spectrum and trying to conform to, you know, a culture that is really unforgiving. Yeah. I can understand why Michelle would be really put off. Because when you're dating, I do think it would be uncomfortable to be, like, the person that I'm dating is actually... Like, this isn't how they are naturally. They're trying to put on a front. No one wants to feel that way when they're dating. But to, like, go through someone's private belongings and find something that maybe was just kind of, like, a coping mechanism for them yeah, because the world them. is not, like, designed for them, that feels very uncomfortable. So, I don't know. I feel very, like, very torn about this. I think that... Ditto. Yeah. I need more information. Yeah. I need more information. I also think that if... If you're Michelle, you sort of like don't have another option but to send him home because it colors everything very oddly. Yeah. And what was frankly the most disturbing part about it is that she's like, look, I can't start a relationship this way with red flags. And he asks for a chance to change her mind twice. Like, okay, you 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 ask that once. And she's like, No, you need to respect my boundary. You need to respect my decision. And then he does it again? Yeah. And that, like, not great. felt really icky. Mm -mm. Not cool. Yeah, because that that also, like, triggers the other bell that you're thinking of, which is, like, exactly. is he planning so much because he's really determined to make it far on this TV show? Right. And he doesn't. But, you know, we don't know. All we know is if a woman says, please respect my boundary, I'm breaking up with you, you really should, should just, just respect, respect it. Respect it. 
And yeah. so we say goodbye to Ryan very quickly. And Michelle recommences the cocktail party um, and get some time with Nate. Uh, he says, I loved this. This is sweet. Me too. So much. Michelle is so like great at getting the guys to open up and oftentimes they're trying to like get to know her and she'll be like but you though like let's talk about you she's like i'm here to learn deep things about you please deliver yeah she's like i now know you all have dossiers about me so (laughs) i I have to know about you i need to catch up here (laughs) yeah and he he feels that he has some walls up but michelle is very good about very quickly prodding him to tell her about his own like he's like your parents relationship it was so amazing the way that you talked about that um and how much you look up to their relationship and she's like well what about you like what about your parents oh that you don't have that like tell me more and suddenly he's telling her about his parents divorce and how his mom is now getting divorced from his stepdad who he's very close to he says he's never seen his parents kiss um and so he really kind of like suddenly is divulging a lot to her and she's really, like, touched by this. And they have a beautiful, a beautiful moment. I feel like this is the connection that we see that's, like, maybe the most promising that we see um, on night one. And it makes so much sense why, ultimately, he got that first impression rose. Yeah, first out of the limo, first impression rose. You yeah, know. like, this guy is, is top four. Like, I mean, when 100%. you're that, I have to say, when you're that tall, I think you have a leg up in getting the first impression rose because you're hard to miss. You it's definitely true. make an yeah. impression. But then he just, like, he's also really cute. He's emoting, he's emoting. And he's cute. And he's tall. And he seems really into Michelle. Like, this is a good combination. Yeah. yeah. They really, they, he really brings it all to the table this first, this first night. And so she gives him that first impression rose. And she makes... A little, a little pun. Let's listen. I wanted to start by telling you how when we were talking earlier tonight, yeah. you kind of expressed that it was difficult for you to be vulnerable and that yeah. it might have to be something that you ease into. But I truly saw you push yourself. Yeah. And even as you opened up, you were completely Nate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing but Nate. So, oh, yeah. that being said, Nate, yeah. will you accept this rose? Most definitely. <laughs> Most definitely. So cute. And then they have a really good kiss. She says sparks and butterflies. Not just one. That's so much sensation. Um, this is a really strong start for Nate. And I love that she can make the little net pun with his name, which also bodes well. And now it is obviously mid-morning, and so it's time for <laughs> the rose ceremony to bring the night Wait, to Wait, but an first, end. we see them walk down the stairs together, and they're honestly, like, stunning as a combo. Oh, like, yeah. the two of them walking next to each oh, other, yeah. I just was like... Iconic. The rest of it the guys really must works. be looking at that going, like, oh, They're I'm both gonna so go. hot and <laughs> so tall. I mean, this is this is a promising couple. Yeah. So they all assemble, and let's just rattle off these roses. Jamie, Leroy, Martin, Spencer, Rick, Clayton, Peter, PJ, Malik, Romeo, Daniel, Brandon J, Will, Chris S, Rodney, Alec, Pardeep, Christopher G, Chris G, Casey, Olumide, and LT. And now the final rose, she's so conflicted 
does she give Joe another chance that she has to take a break before she returns? So rough. I'm like, these guys are so tired. And then she's just like, um, Gotta we're pee. not done here. I need a minute. And she gives her final rose to Joe, which means going home are Garrett, Jamari, Edward, Brandon Kay, Brian, and Jack Russell. The terrier thing did not work it didn't for him. Go over. It's unfortunate for him. But look, guys, we're we're off to the races. We're into that game for Michelle's heart. Yeah. Yes. This she's whole, gonna win. This whole thing has love. just been like the part at the beginning of the basketball game where the players form a tunnel and they're like lights and the announcer announces the starting lineup and they run out onto the court and they all do high fives. And now we're ready. Now we're, now we're ready to play. Now we're really playing. And we see a little preview. And there's a lot going on in this preview. We see Vikings. We see science class. We see boats. We see some clear homages to Top Gun. We see musical chairs. Musical chairs. Mm-hmm. Basketball, of course. I, I, ca- I wrote down some of the characters that we really see a lot of in this preview. We see Jamie, Nate, Olu, Rick, Joe, Rodney, Clayton, and Brandon. And then we see we see Peter and Will really getting into a fight over Will's tweets. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Let's, let's that would be incredible. <laughs> I would love that. Spencer's like, I will not stand for misogyny. I mean, sorry, not Spencer. Peter. Peter was like, I will not stand for misogyny in this house. I was like, am I going to love Peter house. at some point in this season? <laughs> Peter's like, we got to talk about these problematic tweets, buddy. Or your jacket has taken a long bath. <laughs> and it does. It takes a bath. It takes a bath. So many tears. I'm excited. I'm excited to see more of some of these guys on my screen. And unfortunately, it seems like also Will and Peter, who I'm not super excited to see more of. Yeah. But the rest of them seem seem much better. Allison, do you have any final predictions or thoughts? I mean, I'm going to go, based on statistics, I think Nate. I'm just going to go Nate. Um, Mm -hmm. And... I, I honestly, after night one, I'd be fine. <laughs> I'd be like, this makes sense. This checks out. I'm into it. Let's go. Um, but I think it's going to be a pretty conflict light season. I think they injected personalities like Peter, like Chris, to try to like have that kind of ready to be aggravated energy. But I think because the dating pool is slightly older, there's just less of that rampant bar fight energy happening, which is such a relief. Like, that's going to be just so much more interesting to watch. Um, and ultimately really harder nice for they, Michelle, I think. Yeah, if they just moved through that, you know, by episode three, and we could really just, like, lean into the love stories. Because I want to see Michelle go on some steamy dates and make out with a bunch of hot guys. A lot of these men are very attractive and seem very into her. And I just love that for her. I think she's a great lead. And it feels like... The, the show is really behind her. Like the edit, the music, the money, the vibe, the money that they have clearly put into the season. And that is something that is really nice to see. So here's hoping that energy continues. I had one question for both of you. Do you think Here for the Right Reasons has to be adjusted for these more recent seasons? The idea that anyone goes on these shows literally only as a dating... <laughs> 
Like, is oh, it's anyone never been in true. that? Of course, it's never been true, but it's never been less true than and, now. And the show has started breaking the fourth wall about it. And so I'm wondering, like, as she is being nervous about here for the right reasons, et cetera, are there new, like, are there new elements to what that encompasses that in, that makes room for a Thomas who's like, yeah, is it possible that if I lose, I could be the bachelor? Yes, that's how they're selected 99% of the time. Like, I feel like the show is always trying to construct sort of malleable uh, rules around that. And they're like always moving the goalposts a little. And so much of it is ultimately about how conspicuous are you? Like, can you conceal the fact that you've thought about these things in a way that doesn't disrupt the world of the show and the narrative of the show? And if you do anything that sort of interrupts that flow, then you're there for the wrong reasons. Yeah. It's like more important than ever that they that they guard the boundaries of right reasons because it's constantly threatening to, like, ruin the show now. Like, it used to be kind of assumed that they were mostly there for the right reasons, and now every guy is potentially trying to just become a more lucrative, like, influencer. influencer. So I think that they, they've they been devoting more and more, like, attention to it, actually, on the show, trying to, like, keep a lid on it. But that's what's so interesting to me. I think that's the weirdest approach because if I were Michelle I would go into it assuming that each of them just wants a bigger following and to become more famous and I would go in with that assumption and then be like given that and given that perhaps we have that in common (laughs) yeah exactly is there love to be found here versus these patrol people who emerge each season to seek out the people who are trying to stay (laughs) It's just so, it's getting so confusing. It's getting really hard to follow what the, like, ethics, what the ethics are for the Because there are no actual ethics, and it's all bullshit. And the fact but that it's, the like, show. about, the, it, the fact that it's about one person, too, like, more so than Paradise. Exactly. Is so much of it. It's, like, what is she comfortable with, you know? Yeah. Like, and yeah. as long as you have a lead who is uncomfortable with a guy who came on hoping to maybe become... The Bachelor or get more sponsorships, then, like, you're not going to see her wanting to keep those guys on, right? I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's what changed when they started allowing the contestants to know whose season they were applying for. Like, back in the day, they'd be like, oh, you're not my type. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know it was going to be you. I'm not at all interested in you. And (laughs) now, at least... They can all say, I knew it was you and I applied. So that's helpful, at least. Anyway, it's just curious how you felt. Yeah. No, it's... Yeah, like, I think that's something we're going to be talking about for a long time and that the show is going to be negotiating in new ways kind of every season moving yeah. forward. When, when New York not has going broken away. off and drifted into the sea, The Bachelor <laughs> will still be trying to negotiate the boundaries of what being here for the right reasons means. It's... Yeah, exactly. It's... Got a long future ahead of it, I think. (laughs) Allison, thank you so much for joining us. It was so great to talk Bachelorette with you again. Thank you for having me. It is always a pleasure, and I will see you out there. And I love the new new milieu we find you in and all of your wonderful articles and podcast episodes and everything. Oh, you're so sweet. Very here for it. And we hope that you will come back soon because we love having you on. Thank you. And now 
Now it's time for love to see it, hate to see it. First, love to see it. We love to see some of these guys being so visibly and adorably nervous about meeting Michelle, Nate, Clayton. They're just so excited to be in her presence. We don't blame them. I just love this moment when we see guys like just like melting over the bachelorette for the first time. We also love that Joe spoke so openly about going to therapy. We always think it's really awesome when we see people just, you know, talk really openly and without shame about getting treatment for their mental health. We think that it's something that everyone should be open to doing, and we love therapy ourselves. Obviously, we don't love that Joe had to go through trauma, but the therapy part, we love to see it. Definitely love therapy. Uh, Hate to see it. Water ice being passed off as ice cream? Come on. Like, I don't like to see that. It's a travesty to ice cream. It's a travesty. If I walk up to an ice cream stand expecting chocolate and vanilla, I'm going to be very confused to find sour apple water ice. Not, Not my jam at all. Michelle handled it so well. I really respect that. Too kind, honestly. We also hate to see Joe entering, seemingly hoping that Michelle just, like, wouldn't recognize him and then just blowing past her question of why do you look familiar to me? (laughs) Like, Joe, I I guess I respect I respect the the gumption that (laughs) takes but, sir, come on. Yeah, that's a move. We also really hate to see Ryan disrespecting Michelle's boundaries and trying to push her again even after she has explicitly stated that she would like him to respect her decision. Hate to see it. This is normally where we would announce what we have rated this episode according to our season-specific scale, but we haven't settled on a rating system for this season, and we'd love to hear if any of you have any ideas for how you would like to see Michelle's season episodes rated. Uh, We know you guys could come up with something really fun. We're working on it as well. Send us your thoughts. Shoot your shot. And that's it for this episode of Love to See It with Emma and Claire. Thanks to our wonderful guest, Allison Williams. Love to See It is produced by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray and Stitcher. This episode was edited by Tamika Weatherspoon. Our theme music is by Tamar Habib and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer. If you like the show, please rate us five stars and leave a review. And of course, help spread the word about our show, especially to your friends who used to listen to us as Here to Make Friends. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at claraandemmapod at gmail.com with your questions, voice memos, rating ideas for this season, and we might even feature you in an upcoming mailbag. You can also find us on Twitter at love to see it pod and Instagram at Claire and Emma pod. And you can find our newsletter on Substack at claireandemma.substack.com. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Clary Fallon. And I'm at Emma Lady Rose. We'll be back next week to recap the second week of Michelle's journey to find love. Can you keep up? I like love. Stitcher.
life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.